0: Hi, guys. Well, from Chile, Salt Lake City, Utah, <laughs> it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank
1: and Feldman. I'm, and I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, we've got a, an interview
0: yeah, uh, with uh, Fred. Fred Carger. He's a uh, uh, mover and a shaker in, in the world of United States politics. Yes, he is. Uh, Long time political operative. Yeah, out there in the world, but he's yeah. turned his sights to a, a different thing.
1: Yeah, and uh, with some uh, potential and uh, possibly exciting implications for uh, for those of us who
0: observe the LDS Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, so, we'll have to see what, what how that plays out. Me, I'm fascinated yeah. by it.
1: Ooh, yeah. Um, well, Dan. Yeah. What do you got? I would like to bring something up uh, that's happening up in Montana. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I think people actually, if you haven't heard about this, you need to know about it. Uh, Neo-Nazis. Sure. You get those up in up in the northern part of this country. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, set a date for an armed march against Jews. Oh, good.
0: In the town of Whitefish.
1: <laughs> of, town. of
0: course they chose a town with the word white in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, they uh they're hitting it they're hitting it hard. Uh, I I actually held off on this one. I, I started seeing this story um uh, a week ago, I think. Yeah. Uh and uh well a little bit more than a week ago because I didn't use it for last last week's show. Right. Uh but it was kind of sort more of uh, a nebulous thing. Like it was didn't know if it was going to happen. If it wasn't going to happen, they were threatening to do this march. Uh, this little town actually has a Jewish community. Uh, there are some oh. Jewish business owners uh, and it is specifically to threaten the Jewish members of this community. This Jesus is not just Christ. some hypothetical. They found some town to go do a march in in protest of of Jewish people who might be hundreds of miles away. It's not about the th-
0: concept of Jews.
1: No. It's it specifically is specifically targeting. specifically oh, the Jewish community of Whitefish, Montana. Uh, and they threw certain websites uh, from the uh, so-called alt-right, uh, or should we say rabidly uh, racist uh, right, yeah. um, the white national side of the Republican Party now. Uh these uh these websites are also also known as the side of the Republican Party in power. Yeah, that's currently. actually yeah, very important to mention and to remember. Uh they have been calling out for the uh uh trolling. Uh, they uh, launch a troll storm um against the uh activists and Jews in Whitefish. Um, who have subsequently received, uh, a lot of online threats. Of course. I'm going to read a couple of them. Oh dear. Uh, go choke on a shotgun and die. Uh, we, uh, you would be of greater worth to society as human fertilizer than citizens. That was targeted at a Jewish, uh, citizen of whitefish. Great. Uh, what was one of the other ones? Uh, I don't need to actually read anymore. Yeah. It's just, it's awful, horrible. Uh, Like, I don't know. I always just kind of let the racists exist up in the skinheads exist up in Idaho in some part of the corner of my mind. I knew that they were there. And now it's all very real,
0: Dan. Now they're emboldened. They feel like they can be out in the open. They they feel like they've got... the the, hell they feel like the incoming president of the united states has their back yeah that's how how they're how they're acting it's Um, very disturbing i you know it's so funny because i get i mean i don't on some level i understand that there's this sort of tribalist part of the human experience mm-hmm. where there's in-group and out-group, and if right. you're not with us, you're against us and all this stuff. But why? Why are they against Jews? Well, I still
1: don't get it. They have it worked out that Jews control this country, right? This, this oh, yeah. is what they
0: believe. Very obviously.
1: <laughs> right. The, 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 Jews con- the Jews control the money. And the, 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 anyway, they have this whole narrative that I'm not 100% familiar with, but this is this is what they're doing. They right. feel like they are... Fighting back against a system that most people don't see and, and most if, people are blind to. And right?
0: if Jews do, let's, you know what? I'm going to, let's just play this out a little bit. Jews control the media, Jews control the money. Mm-hmm. So what? Aren't they allowed to? Like, let's say that they actually were the most successful business people in the country and they ended up controlling all the banks and controlling all of, the uh the the you know the media right so this, this is a free country where people are allowed to control
1: things if they do well here's a quote from andrew anglin okay uh, who runs the neo-nazi daily stormer website um he says uh jews have operated with impunity for decades destroying the lives of anyone who dared question their international crime or a uh, criminal cartel oh it's a criminal cartel those days are finished this is a revolt of the Goyim, oh, right? My God, uh, which is a Hebrew word for nations, um, and it has sort of a not can't can not- have a pejorative meaning when used by Jews to describe others, right? Right, and so, um, so he, so if you if you just follow, if you, if this is a revolt of the Goyim for him to use that word, he feels a revolt. So he feels like they are standing up to this thing that you can't stand up to nor- Lord knows I find these people revolting <laughs> yeah. dan I, I mean it's just it's crazy it it it's truly crazy, crazy, crazy shit so there is actually um there are people who are going to be standing up against uh this whole thing um in whitefish um they're not they're not taking this line down, no uh up in whitefish and so There's actually, this is pretty brilliant, Um, they're having a a fundraiser uh, that's going to be fun, so you're pledging a certain amount of money per minute that the racists march. Ah. So the longer they're out there, the more money that they're going to have available to fight against anti-Semitism in in Montana and elsewhere. So well, there um, you go. That's how to do it. Yeah. So uh hopefully the word gets out on that so that at least the protesters understand that the longer they're out there, <laughs> the more they're actually supporting um right the the, the a, f- a fundraiser to uh, fight against them. Um and that's uh let's see, that's the Montana Human Rights Network that's uh running that. So yeah. um uh, it's it people are standing up to it, which is Essential. Uh, these emboldened folks need not feel uh,
0: like they just have free reign at this right. point. We we are turning into, as a country, the thing that these people hate the most in other countries, which what is, is a, th- a sort of the- theocrats acting with impunity. And the fringest of fringy elements, uh, I mean, because this is a, you know, these are Christians. This is a, this is a Christian movement mm-hmm. of people, you know, white Semitism or, or white anti-Semitism and, and, and white, uh, uh, uh supremacy. These are Christian movements. Right. And, you know, I'm sorry, but that the alt-right, the, uh, the, 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 the extremists, the, the white nationalists. Are the equivalent of, Al-Qaeda, of Al Qaeda of of uh, of the 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 Islamist nationalists yeah. of yeah. The, of like we're now becoming the the thing that we're fighting against. Yeah, it's kind of really crazy. I don't like it. I object. Oh yeah. Hopefully they don't get too emboldened. Somebody <laughs> needs to tell them like what America was supposed to be about. Like they seem to think they seem to have a, a misconception. They uh, yeah. I mean. It, It's
1: amazing to me that somebody, like, I don't know, like, I love what this country can stand for. Yeah. Right? It doesn't always, it's not perfect, it doesn't get everything right, but the the basic fundamental core values that I was always taught that this country is about.
0: Yeah. Melting pot. Yeah. Give Um, give us your tired, your poor, your your huddled masses yearning to be free. All of that and everything else
1: that's written on the base of the Statue of Liberty.
0: Yeah. Like... All of it. That's supposed to be what America is. <laughs> yeah. Or get or, the fuck out. We're building a wall. Right. There's and that. You're too. the wrong color. Yeah. And the wrong religion. And the wrong. We liked
1: it when we could be racist against other white people. That's the his- That's that's the <laughs> yeah. past that we want. Right. Let's the, get the let's, Irish. Let's get back to when, hating when did, Italians.
0: <laughs>
1: when did when did that go? go away. When did that go away? <laughs> and the Irish. Yeah. And Eastern Europeans Sure. No, no, no. That's the that's the America that I long for. Those are the good ones. Let's old make days. America America,
0: you know, racist let's, again. Let's make against white n- people. Let's make not white enough a thing. <laughs> Can we get back to that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, I'm gonna move on. Uh you know, uh we're gonna be talking about Mormon Mormons. Later on in the show, but yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention something that's happening in Mormonism right now. Oh dear God! An article in the uh, in the Salt Lake Tribune <gasps> uh, about Mormons Mormonism. Uh, so, in many parts of this world, uh-huh. as you know, Mormonism Mormons send out missionarios, the missionaries. They go to all of the world, all the lands, mm-hmm. trying to spread uh, their gospel mm. and. Suck some of that money back out of these lands uh, <clears throat> but in uh so like in Africa in asia central america mm. uh they're actually they're 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 actually seeing pretty steady growth mm. not so much in these United States
1: oh. What happened here what, what what's
0: uh they they have sh- they have shown here? one of the smallest increases in the number of United, of u s wards and branches that would be a small you know sort of basic parishion uh, a parish Parishes, yeah um the smallest growth uh in a long time oh yeah so uh the u s you know they're used to and mind you their growth is still the envy of every church in the country you well, know what except I mean?
1: like the Pentecostals and
0: but the, uh the, but, but yeah ideas. i mean most most churches would kill for you know mm. growth 08 percent growth, which I, it sounds small but is good it's a decent clip but but 0. right now eight
1: percent does is that even match the birth rate
0: I don't know oh okay anyway uh but yeah, uh right now. Uh, they're at 0.49 percent <gasps> annual growth. Oh dear God! Uh, and it's yeah. Oh, so that's they're 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 Ooh, hitting they're it hard. Like they they you know they're used to 0.8 to 1.2 percent growth. annually wow. In the in the U.S. Wow! So they're uh, they're struggling here. They are struggling. They're losing their
1: foothold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and, and, and the whole thing, I don't know if you saw this recently, Dan, Utah is the fastest, uh, growing state in the nation mm-hmm. at the moment. And, uh, only half of that growth is growth is coming from, uh, Utah's very high birth rate. Oh, uh, the other half is coming from, you know, people moving in to work in, you know, the tech industry and whatnot yeah. here. And, uh, the, uh, that that birth rate is actually slipping. Yeah. It's not what it used to be. Yeah. The high that famously high Utah birth rate is still high by all accounts, but it's not uh it's not what it used to be. Good. Maybe I won't have so. to deal
0: with as many crying babies every time I go to the grocery store or whatever. Yeah. Too many too many kids in this place. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's true. There are a lot of kids. Too many children. Last night at the bowling alley,
1: uh Oh, did you go oh, bowling? Dear God, dear oh, God, there were kids. Yeah, Saturday night at a bowling alley in Davis County. I didn't think there'd be kids. Oh, <laughs> at least they can't go in the bar. Like little ones. Yeah, we we tots. Yeah, with the bumpers up and the 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 thing that shoots the ball. Yeah, you know what? That's if cheating. You, if you can't bowl, don't bowl. Yeah. Why Why bring your kids bowling? They can't bowl. They, they're they terrible at it. They can't it. even hold the ball. They're absolutely, absolutely terrible at
0: it. Fuck your bowling kids. I don't know
1: why kids would even think it's fun. <laughs> why would they think it's fun?
0: I liked it when I was a kid. I mean, I, mean, I did too, little, but, but why
1: was it fun? I don't get why it was fun.
0: Yeah, there you go. But anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh,
1: update. Okay. Update, Dan. Yeah, what do we on, got? On uh, beards, turbans, and hijabs in this country. Yeah. Uh, the The... BTH update, beards, turbans, and hijabs. Oh my! <laughs> uh, the uh, U.S. Army is the uh, newest uh, organization in this country to allow for accommodations. So yeah, so oh, that's great. The U.S. Yeah. So d- they're wow. joining. So last week we talked about the NY, the the New York Police Department, right? Allowing. Uh, uh, Sikhs and Muslims to have beards, right? Uh, and for, in the case of Sikhs, wear uh, their turban yeah. um, while you know being in uniform. And now the U.S. Army is joining the ranks, and also with them, they're they're allowing for jobs. Interesting uh, for for the lady soldiers. Um, and this is this is kind of a big deal because in so you may have seen in the past maybe a photo that included maybe a Sikh uh, member of the armed forces right. this who been... was in uniform and had a beard. Yeah. But it was a case-by-case accommodation. Now yeah. this is a whole new regulation. They're
0: just allowing it. They're just going to allow it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and... and, uh, and this... I mean, how many guys... How hard... I, it is difficult to see how a beard makes them unable to fight.
1: Well, the Pentagon had been using this claim for the longest time that a beard gets in the way of a gas mask.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. That's There's right. This we whole have argument, talked about that. Right. And that's true. And it, yes, it's however, hard, it's hard to get a good seal. Right. When you, however, there apparently there are ways. I don't
1: know. I've never had to put a gas mask on. Right. Um, but nonetheless, uh, they have decided that it is, that is not important enough of an issue, uh, to keep, uh, our turbaned, and hijabbed, and bearded, uh, uh, comrades. I tell you what,
0: if I were, a, if I were <laughs> from, from a serving Sikh openly or a Muslim man mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted to keep my beard, yeah, but I also knew that it might impede my ability to, uh, to have a proper gas mask, mm-hmm. I'd think twice about joining the army. <laughs> sure. I'm just <laughs> saying. However, like apparently like Sikhs as kind of a tradition,
1: part of their tradition is to sort of defend others. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so apparently like there's real desire amongst the Sikh community to actually join the U.S. armed forces. Okay, Like it was something that they wanted and only the ones that were willing to make the compromise of, okay, well, I'm going to have to shave my beard off until I can get my own accommodation. uh, Hmm. They just were staying
0: away. Yeah. Is there a way to get an army helmet on over a turban? Uh, that I do not know. Maybe you could put it under the turban. Yeah, maybe you can
1: tie the turban. Or a special hardened turban uh, yeah. of some kind. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know a,
0: how you'd do that, but... A, a turbelmet. Use some, uh, uh... A herban. You know. Helmet turban. It's the same thing. You just, you use just, some, you just paint paste. it to look like a turban.
1: Yeah, you use like some paper mache paste. Yeah, right? there
0: you go. And then, uh, just... <laughs> Or 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 the stuff that you would the the stuff that you would use to make a, a plaster cast on your arm or whatever. Sure, just, just wrap that on there. Yeah, you can come up with something.
1: The the technology <laughs> technology is amazing, Dan. Yeah. We can do so many things these days.
0: If you can put a man on the moon, you can get a helmet a turban thing happening. Turban
1: of some kind <laughs> for our, our 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 Sikh fighting women and men and women. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or just yeah, just anyway,
0: just the men. <laughs> Uh, I'm taking us to Norway. No. Dateline Norway, where, uh, on the 1st of January. Yeah. A new, uh, there's new verbiage in the Norwegian constitution. No. Uh, that took effect. Okay. This year. I'm intrigued. Uh, affecting the national religion. Oh. Of Norway. Okay. Uh. The church of Norway. The church of Norway, uh, it, they are no longer the state's public religion. They no, are, no way. They are. Uh, <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> they are now Norway's national church. So that makes a huge difference. Problem Wait, solved. What? Just uh, let's so just s- brush no, our No, no, off. no, no, no. That's not where I thought this was going down. <laughs> I know. So I, it's still I, official. I read the headline uh, Norway and its national church part ways. And I was like, "Cool!" And then I read the article, and I was like, "Less cool, clickbait." Yeah, <laughs> That's I mean, clickbait. Honestly, so the change, uh, the so they're, they're still going to fund the church. However, no, 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 no. no, no. However, no, 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 no. no, no. The uh, the the state will no longer appoint the clergy of the church. <laughs> oh, that was a thing. Who? But they will still be considered civil servants. <laughs> What? Yeah. Uh, I went into this thinking I was going to read this cool liberal, like, uh, church-state separation story. Yeah. uh, About Norway, where I think 40%, over 39% of Norwegians say that they are atheist or agnostic. You're telling me they can't
1: get another 11 to 12% of the mildly religious to just, like, go along with them? And say... No, that, that that
0: whole official church thing is stupid. Right? Yeah, we don't need an official church. You can still go to church. You can still yeah. have your church. Just operate independent from the state. Wow. But man, I tell you, tradition is a hard thing to fight. The way things are is is the is your is the worst opponent to come up against. Oh, the status quo. Status yeah. quo. Just yeah. It, man. People want to keep things. It doesn't matter how shitty it is. Yeah, it's it's how it is, yeah. and that's how people want to keep it. Yeah, no, no, that's, uh, yeah. Although that's not to say that everybody agrees with me that this is a nothing story. Uh, there are people who uh who are worried that this article that I'm reading quotes Jacques Berlinerblau, who is a Georgetown University professor. Oh. Who's worried that a policy change like this might inadvertently trigger a culture war? Oh, no. Certain. A Norwegian culture war? Oh, a European culture war. Norwegian. Yeah, he's saying, quote, certain anti secular elements in Europe could point to Norway as an example of the ongoing collapse of Christian culture and Western civilization at the hands of diabolical secularists. <laughs> Wow. I do like a good diabolical secularist (laughs) I was going to start a band called the diabolical secularists but no one could say it yeah three times fast so oh yeah that's bad there you go oh yeah uh, I I know that this must seem like a big deal to somebody but to me this feels like exactly nothing happened they just renamed it and changed
1: okay we won't pick your leaders anymore
0: yeah that's they it. basically gave them more power. Yeah, they said we'll still pay you. Yeah, and you pick your leaders. It's a bullshit move. It's a crazy move. Yeah, I know we have. I know we have Norwegian listeners. Write into us. Tell us what the fuck is going on because I don't understand this at all. Oh uh, well, I'll tell you, Dan. Yeah, uh,
1: maybe they should just let the the, the, the Church of Norway
0: uh, go the way of the Shakers. The, oh, the Shakers! The Shakers. Are you
1: familiar with the Shakers?
0: You know, my knowledge of the Shakers is limited. Uh-huh. I, I, they're they're a small uh, offshoot religion that happened in the eastern United States. True. Uh, and my understanding is they don't they don't have sex. Yeah, that's true. Um,
1: they have they have they had some good ideas. Uh, they believed <laughs> in the quality of the genders uh-huh way back when oh yeah right? going, going all 1700s, the way back. 1700s. Uh, they they it's all about you know the dignity of man and blah uh, blah 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 anyway uh they but they uh they made one fatal error yeah um and it's uh that they have to uh uh be celibate
0: yeah uh so which makes it which unlike the mormons who Reprodu- reproduce like crazy. Yeah. Bring thereby growing... Understood.
1: Smith understood
0: lots, lots of babies. Yeah. Lots you, of babies. You'd therein grow your church. Whereas <laughs> if you don't reproduce at all... Also, just saying we don't have sex is a very bad selling it's point. A, it's a hard... Because, yeah, if you're... If the
1: whole way that you grow or you maintain your numbers is through people deciding to join your group right or as they used to do they would adopt children uh-huh into the oh no into the religion
0: oh god
1: uh i mean well
0: great to you know raise kids that
1: need raisin yeah kind generous thing to do uh and then uh <laughs> and then tell them teach them that sex we don't do that happen so that our movement can die off. The, well, the most... there were three members; there are now only two. Oh no! Because Sister Francis Carr, who is eighty-nine years old, passed away. Oh last dear! Week. Oh dear! Uh, she uh, had a brief battle with cancer, and uh, now she has left. Brother Arnold Had, <laughs> who is sixty, and Sister June Carpenter, seventy-eight as the two <laughs> remaining. remaining shakers left in the world uh they uh, they've had hope for a long time that members
0: would would come and join them that they would grow that the shaker movement could continue you know and... i have nothing against celibacy if that's a choice you want to make i have sure. nothing against you know there are plenty of people who who are asexual beings who don't that don't feel too. the urge to to have sex right but you're just not going to be able to make it stick. I'm sorry. No sex. Like all the other religions, at least know that you say that you shame. Yeah, you shame people about their sex. Of course, that's how you control a person. Right, 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 right. But you let them have it. You say you. You know, you control the institution whereby they can have sex. You control all sorts of things about sex and surrounding sex. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you let them have sex, yeah, because that guilt is a powerful tool,
1: right? To control yeah. and yeah. manipulate, yeah. And then,
0: oh, and then absolutely. you know that they're going to go and fuck up, and they're going to have an affair, or you know, some kid teenager is going to have sex, yeah. you know, outside no, no, no. of marriage. And then you got them, yeah, you got them. You need, as a religion,
1: to have people coming in and repenting, feeling bad for stuff that they've done. Because it will be an endless cycle, and they'll keep needing you. Yeah. Right? They'll need your power to forgive them of their sins. And they'll keep wanting to have sex. Absolutely. So it'll
0: always happen. Yeah.
1: And then, and then you got them. It's a brilliant control mechanism that clearly uh, Mr. John Shaker, or whoever founded <laughs> the thing. Uh, <laughs> yes. Old Shaken Jim. shake <laughs> he, Oh, my God.
0: Anyway. Uh the yeah. Quakers are still around. They but but they figured out that uh yeah, sex yeah, they have sex. Mhm. For show. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. They're sexy motherfuckers. That's <laughs> what they are. <laughs> well, uh I'm going to I'm going to bring it all back home. South Jordan, Utah. What? Uh here in the Salt Lake Valley, uh nestled in a good a good Mormon community. Yeah. Largely. Yeah. Um it uh home also of a John, the Johnson family, Ashley, Chaz, and their four children, ages Chaz. eight, seven, four, 7, 4, and 15 months. Chaz. Okay. All ready to go on their uh, on, on a family vacation to Hawaii.
1: <gasps> oh, how lovely. Yeah. Uh,
0: they had an early flight, 6.30 a.m., so they had to be up r- really early in the morning. Oh, yeah. At 4.30, they got up. Mm. They, they had their stuff packed. They were getting ready to go. They, uh... Went outside, because it's cold, ladies and gentlemen, here in, in, uh, in Utah. <sighs> Is it ever? Uh, they went outside to turn on the, their vehicle and, uh, and left it running to warm up. Uh-huh. While they went back inside to pray for, their, for, for a safe journey. Oh. For a safe trip. Oh, uh, well, God nice. apparently had other things in mind. Oh. Because as they were praying, God allowed someone to come jump into their car and drive away with it. Oh, no. Oh, really? oh, yes. No. They were praying for the wrong thing. They were praying,
1: yeah. Well, Heavenly Father, while we're in here praying, please protect our car. Yeah, while it, while it continues to run, since since we have made warm, it, warmeth
0: in, up intensely vulnerable. Please, please make sure that it's there when we get out to it. <laughs> uh, apparently, Salt Lake police, and this is a I the reason i bring this up is to of course make fun of people for praying instead of just being prudent right uh but also as as a as a public service announcement for those of you who live in cold, cold climates like we do uh if you're going to warm up your car you have to stay with it is that what the salt lake police say yeah they say that uh, it is it is a a very very common thing for people to uh people who lack the integrity uh, that some of us have but this was in South Jordan here's what they do Did you say South Jordan yeah wow. uh, one of the Jordans we've got many Jordans here we've got <laughs> West Jordan and South Jordan these are different cities I don't know why yeah. anyway um, they'll see a tailpipe pumping out yeah I mean it's very easy to see what cars are turned on in this cold weather You, s- yeah you can see it from three blocks away right then you just drive up see if there's anybody inside and if there isn't free car
1: yeah, but this is like low crime corner of the right. Like these people felt safe in their little Mormon community. Look,
0: we're talking and... about keeping honest people honest at this point, because <laughs> you know, yeah. a free car is just a free car.
1: So yeah. what? What happened? Did they make it to Hawaii? I don't think so. Oh no!
0: Yeah, they oh, uh, they no. instead had to deal with that. I, That's so much money, and and they they had already loaded up their. Their, their not their carry-ons so their electronics were safe but a bunch of their clothes their uh, their checked luggage oh
1: no went away uh
0: they, the the good the, the good news is that uh most apparently according to the police and their insurance most cars that are stolen in this way end up being recovered because people just joyride them for a while and then and then you know within within 60 days sure Usually they're recovered. Oh, but you know, after a transient had lived and, and defecated, yeah, or in it, or it's and, been, uh, or it's been joyridden, like, cr- like crazy over terrain that it's not built to to do. Just right. to see what happens. A minivan, you say? This was a no. This was a big old SUV. <gasps> oh, this was this was what was it? I I had it here somewhere. I don't know. Oh, it's really sad though. Very sad story. Poor, poor Chaz and the rest of them. The Lord doesn't. You know, it was. A, I saw today a Ricky Gervais quote. It said something about it's the height of arrogance to believe that the, the same God who didn't stop the Holocaust will help you find your keys. <laughs> don't bother praying. It does you not. It, if he's not listening to those prayers, yeah. he's not listening. Yeah. I don't care. If, I mean, believe in God, but fuck intercessionary prayer is just illogical. Yeah. It doesn't make no sense. Ugh, stupid God. But at the very least, don't leave things unattended so that you can go and do your worthless prayer to somebody. I, a lot of people, though, I
1: mean,
0: what, like, a lot of people leave their car running. Yeah. Unattended. Don't do it. That's That's just begging someone to steal your car. Yeah, I guess so. Put a sign on it that says, steal me, please, if you're going to do that. Yeah. You might as well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you guys have any question and anything that you want to say about any of the stories that we've brought up, you can reach us by uh, writing into us, podcast at com, Or you can call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442.
1: Indeed, go to
0: the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIatheist. And
1: while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge or request to join. It's a closed group, so you're... Uh, anonymity, if that's important, is protected.
0: Indeed it is. All right, we've got a little clippy clip down. Yeah, we're we're This is this is the segment of the show for any new listeners <laughs> where we listen to an asshole <laughs> talk to us assholish and say something horrible. Yeah uh who's, who's who's the asshole du jour
1: oh it's one of our, it's a it's a, it's something we keep coming back to sure that uh brian fisher oh he's a he's an old he's a curmudgeon of sorts who a, uh has a conservative talk radio show he's a grumpy gus he loves the first amendment
0: oh and he, the second he, he loves i don't know i don't know if he has an opinion on the third I don't think he loves all of the First Amendment or all of the Second Amendment. No, no, no. He loves them. He likes... He loves the
1: Constitution as well. Oh, they all say it. There's a big, big, big uh, graphic of the Constitution behind him. Oh, yeah. In the video feed. Yeah. Uh, Not on this one. I don't know why it's... He's kind of got a rinky-dink background on this one. I don't know what's up. Oh, dude. But he has an opinion about people who uh would dare dare stand for secularism in this country so let's have let's have a listen, okay
2: George Washington said, Look, a guy cannot be considered a patriot; he cannot be considered a patriotic American if he labors to subvert either Christianity or the Ten Commandments. The essence of what it means to be a patriot, according to George Washington." The definition of patriotism, the essence of patriotism is a man who is a sincerely devoted follower of Jesus Christ and seeks to live his life by the Ten Commandments, who adheres to Christianity and to, the, and to the Ten Commandments. That is the definition and the mark and the hallmark of a patriot. And if somebody's laboring to subvert these things, you know, George Washington said, look, I'm not talking about perfect obedience here. I know nobody's going to do that. That's why we need a savior. But if somebody is out there working to undermine, to subvert these things, to work against Christianity, to work against the public acceptance and the acknowledgement of the Ten Commandments, that guy is no patriot. He is a traitor to his country. And I have no hesitation in saying that today. You want to find a traitor to your country, find somebody who is actively working to oppose Christianity and oppose the public acknowledgement of the Ten Commandments. You are looking, my friend, right there at an American trader.
0: Oh boy, Dan. I I just like that uh, George Washington used the phrase apparently used the phrase a guy cannot be considered a patriot. <laughs> you know that that famous quote about George Washington and how guys need to be considered patriots? Oh yeah. Did he I love the fact that he didn't actually say a quote. He just said that that's something that George Washington said.
1: It's it,
0: yeah, it makes it easier, yeah. you know, Dan, to right. just attribute
1: general ideas yeah. to people rather than, you know, getting in there.
0: Yeah, because get, getting if we get into too many specifics, what, what are we really doing? Let's just keep it general. <laughs> George Washington was a general. So there you go. So keep it general, general, keep it general. Uh, I, I, I did a quick Google search George Washington definition of a patriot. Yeah, what didn't, does he say? Didn't come up with anything.
1: Really? He yeah. never defined what a patriot is.
0: I I I get the sense that this is based on uh nothing. Maybe I think uh, I think he just made it up.
1: Uh, yeah, but he's basing it on on he, he's basing it on what he wishes. George Washington had said.
0: On what, George, what he knows See, in his he, heart, George Washington would have said if, if given, he had said it. If asked about it <laughs> or
1: if, uh, if he cared about it. Right.
0: George if, Washington, if what's, amazing about that, about it. what's amazing about that claim is that George Washington was famously silent about religion. Hmm. Like, like it was a big deal for him not to say shit like that. Yeah. That's what that's what was important to him. Yeah. Was that he wanted yeah.
1: No Dan. Oh, <sighs> what's important is that we attribute things to founding fathers in order to make our arguments sound more uh patriotic. Patri- yeah, you know, important itself. Y- yeah. You know. Uh and and it has the 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 words of the founding fathers have all this weight and meaning for our lives today when they right. lived over 2 centuries ago and, and had different <laughs> concerns and they were coming from different traditions and they were uh, yeah yeah no i it- you know i really like it's interest i i love some parts of sort of the the lore of the founding of this nation Mm. you know i've watched that damned hbo john adams miniseries probably three or four times right sure because i it's good and he was a great character yeah and and paul giamatti boy howdy he gets into the role yeah you know and uh i really don't care what they believed uh our
0: lives today
1: should be like
0: yeah i don't care they didn't know anything like they, they, they would did, never they would be baffled yeah just looking at yeah. this at this world now
1: they, they they did something bold and amazing and powerful that had lasting repercussions on the history of this planet right right and that set up something that that could be still to this day the american system could be restored to something amazing right now it's a fucking mess it's a bit of a mess it's a bit of a mess but there's still founding principles
0: that are really you know uh important well one of and, the principles uh, one of the most important principles that they came up with was hey we don't predict the future yeah you should change this shit yes. as necessary yes these
1: were revolutionaries and they <laughs> understand revolution yeah the, the importance of re- Uh, defining systems and and what have you, and setting up a system that's going to work for you and hopefully your children and grandchildren.
0: Right. I know that it's not going to last forever. I did find one quote uh, that uh, says, uh, I think it was uh, Glenn Beck who popularized this quote, said, it is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible. Uh, Unfortunately, George Washington never fucking said it. It's just one of those memes that went around. That, and it had a picture of George Washington? Yeah, Mount Vernon. Uh, um. The the, uh, the the historians at Mount Vernon can find no evidence that George Washington ever said that quote. Wow. Well, but right. tell that to Brian Fisher. He knows. That's why he didn't quote it. <laughs> he, yeah, because he knows
1: there's no quote. He, he doesn't mean, find it. He got on Google and he looked really hard. He was like... God damn it, I know this this
0: exists. And then he's like, ah fuck it. I'll just say he, I'll, I'll just paraphrase. It'll it'll be, f- f- I, I heard Glenn Beck say it once, so it must be true. It's gotta be true. Got to be true. <laughs> well damn. Alright, well we had uh one uh we had a couple of people write into us. Uh one of the things that caught, got some traction was uh our 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 listener last week who was talking about uh, how the how their iPhone kept capitalizing the word God
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: One person wrote in and said, uh, this is a listener uh, anonymously writing from Ukraine, Hmm. who said, uh, funny thing about capitalization of God is that in the Hebrew, there is no such thing as capital letters. Oh, that's an interesting point. So like, yeah, that's a tradition that started, I guess, with English or one of the Latinate things. I don't know. Some sort of writing system that has capitals. Right, exactly. It didn't start <laughs> didn't start going back into the Bible days. Uh another Courtney also wrote in and said, Hey guys, per your discussion of God being autocorrected uh to have the capital G, in Apple's defense, at least, the iPhone also capitalizes flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> which is kind of amazing. <laughs> Oh, and who programmed that in? Right. Yeah, well, oh, there you awesome. go. I mean, uh, that makes more sense to me as Flying Spaghetti Monster refers to a single being. Yeah. Whereas the word With God? a specific name. Yeah. I mean, I assume that's the Flying Spaghetti Monster's name. What if it's Reginald? <laughs> Flying Spaghetti Monster is just what it is. Yeah. We never it's hear a, about that. Huh. Get on that, FSG people. Yeah. We need to know what the name is. Is, is it well? Least... And do we know the name of the flying spaghetti? Yeah, eggs? I mean, you you hear names of like you hear Yahweh, yeah. like, thrown around, yeah, Elohim, Elohim, among the among the Mormons. That's a yeah. That's what they call. That's what they say God's name is. Do they know uh, God's uh, heavenly mother's
1: name yet? Have they figured that out, Barbara? <laughs> Elohim and Barbara,
0: <laughs> Elohim and Barbara. God. I mean. As far as i'm concerned mormons <laughs> may not i mean she's a girl so who cares yeah god but, and mrs elohim god and missus yes <laughs> mr and mrs elohim i was uh, thinking god is a title oh yes god that one god yes god uh, like, and mrs
1: elohim like
0: doctor uh-huh it's an honorific really yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> god and mrs elohim <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Uh thanks for writing in, you guys. Mhm. Do we do we have some uh you, you know one of the things that we do here on this program and I don't know if people are aware of it because we 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 so rarely discuss it is that we uh people can can support us. Yeah. People can go to com, click on the uh the Patreon page if mm-hmm. they feel like what we do is of value to them.
1: Yeah. Um and they're able to pledge a specific amount per episode, yeah, uh, that uh, goes toward us keeping the show up and running, yeah, and that's fantastic, and uh, and it's uh, very much
0: appreciated, yeah. and we're uh, actually going to pay ourselves a, a, a small sum now, yeah, yeah,
1: which is uh, which is
0: amazing, which is amazing, uh, to, to
1: you know because we're we're over five years into this little experiment, yeah, and yeah. see, see if it. we could, uh, you know. Talk to a couple people, yeah. There online. Honestly, I only thought we'd ever reach a couple hundred. Yeah, we've we've and managed. We've far exceeded that. To surpass cool. that,
0: anyway. Uh, so so, so yeah, yeah, we got, have
1: some people that got some people to thank. Thank you. Good. Yes. yes. Good. Um, in fact, uh, let's see, we have one, two, three new members of the faithful. Okay. So uh, thank you, Deborah, Mark. And Terry. Oh yes. Thank and then we have two new venerable listeners, Ooh. Uh, Karen and Randall. Oh okay. So thank you guys as well. Uh, and uh, James continues as our uh, uh, remains our savior. He's our savior. Our Lord and Savior. He's our number. Our, our Should we call him number
0: one donor? He's our top donor. Top donor, our savior. Anyway, uh, you know, God bless all of you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hey, Dan. Hey. We, got, we We talked to someone, yeah, we, uh, we, uh, we're, we're about to play an interview that we did. Uh, yeah. this, this guy's a uh, he's an interesting cat, yeah,
1: I'll say, I, I think he was a "get" as far as an interview goes. yeah, he's-
0: yeah. We, you know, one thing we didn't even talk to him about is the fact that he's a former presidential candidate himself. He yeah. was on the Republican uh, uh, ticket yeah. in several states, yeah, including, yes. including this one of Utah. Yeah, in, in, in fact, not he wasn't he was he was on the the uh, not the, the ticket the ballot the ballot yeah. the, the 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 primary ballot, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but yeah, a mover and a shaker. Yeah, and not he- the kind of shaker that we have talked about earlier. <laughs> no, no,
1: not one of those. Uh, but he's uh, yeah, he's he's uh, got a little thing going on. Yeah, and uh, and so we uh, decided to get him in here and talk to him about it. Roll
0: the tape. Well, we're here with Fred Carger, uh, Fred. I'm going to guess that most of my listeners don't, you're not, your name isn't immediately familiar to them, Uh, but that's, you have been in the public eye a little bit. Uh, Let's, if you don't mind, let's go through some of your history just so that we get a little sense of who you are. You, uh, you were for, for the bulk of your, uh, your, your career, a, a political advisor.
3: Is that right? That's right. Ran a lot of political campaigns out of our base. I was with a company I was partnered in called the Dolphin Group in Los Angeles. We ran campaigns all over the country. I worked on nine presidential campaigns, um, tenth including one I was very closely involved with. That we did <laughs> all kinds of local, state, federal elections, corporate work, and so I've been in the political world really um, my whole life.
0: Yeah, you were. You worked on uh, what. What was your first presidential campaign that you worked on?
3: My first presidential campaign was when I was 14. I worked for Nelson Rockefeller. Oh, my oh, goodness. goodness. Wow. Uh, he was running uh, in the Republican primary. And i am always been a more moderate progressive Republican running against Barry Goldwater. So I used to take the train in as a 14-year-old to work phone banks in downtown Chicago, which is— and all the campaigns I've been involved with ever since, I, I don't think I've ever seen a fourteen-year-old come <laughs> in and volunteer on his own. So, I'm what we term a political junkie. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it sounds
0: like it. You, uh, you also have worked on some uh, some more successful uh, campaigns. Uh, you, you were you worked on you worked with the Reagan campaign. Is that right?
3: Absolutely. We worked on the. Uh, uh, 1980 campaign. We did advertising for him. Uh, We did a lot of work on the 1984 campaign. We were doing kind of some of the opposition for the Republican National Committee, Hmm. attacking some of the uh, Democrats running initially, and then down to Walter Mondale, who was the nominee. Um, I worked for George H.W. Bush. I was involved in one form of the uh, Willie Horton campaign against him, which was not the horrific commercial that was done. Instead, we worked with the victims of Willie Horton, the sister of the young man he'd murdered to go to prison for life, and then the uh, couple that when he was out on a weekend furlough, he attacked and brutally raped mm. um, the the fiancé. And mm-hmm. so we took them um, on tour, basically, around the country. We made commercials with them, and we helped tell their story.
0: And that was— a- you're gonna to have to remind me because I was pretty young at the time. What that? How did that? How did that relate to the to the campaign?
3: So uh, George H. W. Bush, when he ran in '88, was running against uh, then Governor Michael Dukakis right. of Massachusetts. And Dukakis, very liberal guy, very liberal state, had uh, set up weekend furloughs to try and reform prisoners. Mm-hmm. So he let this very bad prisoner, convicted first degree murderer, out of prison on a weekend furlough. Right. While he was out on furlough. He went and attacked this couple in suburban Maryland and uh, brutally raped uh, Angie for um, like 20 hours continually. When her husband, fiance, came home, he uh, tied him up, stabbed him 17 times, and it became kind of a symbol of Dukakis's liberalism, particularly in criminal justice, which in the 80s was a big deal. Crime victims who we had worked with very closely were finally coming into their own and were having a very strong voice. So we'd worked on a number of um, other issues, causes with crime victims. So we were hmm. kind of the natural to help them tell their story. And that was really uh, attributed to Dukakis's loss. And if hmm. you look back in the history books, you'll see that the Willie Horton issue really was the one that kind of typified um, the reasons why people did not want to vote for Dukakis.
0: So you were not creating the... Uh... It's morning in America. Campaigns, <laughs> you you were on you were you were on the dark side,
3: <laughs> <laughs> dark arts operators, <laughs> have been called to take offense at that. But we did the opposition, and we gave you know in a, in an election, you either vote for the one guy or you vote against the other guy, and we certainly saw that mm-hmm. um, in November. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you you know part of the job of the campaign is to promote your candidate, but also to give reasons why you want to vote against. The candidate's opponent. So that's where we specialized. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well, considering, uh,
0: you being on, on the, the GOP side of things for, for low, those many years, I think some of our listeners might be, might, might be, uh, surprised to hear that one of your big campaigns, uh, or one of the big issues that you have now become involved in, uh, is, uh, is that of gay rights. And that uh starting especially I think with the uh with the prop eight in in California, is that right
3: yes, I'm from Los Angeles, that's where I moved uh, when I was twenty three and I've been there for forty three years. Um, I retired from this career as a Republican political consultant, which I've always been gay since eighteen and had relationships and a very pretty healthy gay life, but I was very closeted which is a miserable miserable existence to my family who i didn't come out to my parents till i was 41. many of my friends that i grew up with i came out much earlier and they were very accepting but i was just afraid of afraid of what the reaction would be from my family for a variety of reasons and so when i did that when i was able to come out at work when i was more comfortable with it i never really came out publicly but after I retired uh, exactly 13 years ago this month, and then a few years later got involved in Prop 8, I knew if I was fighting this campaign to uh, prohibit marriage equality in my home state of California, that I would certainly be tagged as being gay. Who else would be that out front on it? So I knew that was kind of tantamount to coming out. So it was a, hmm. uh, believe it or not, at 60, 58 years old, it was a big, big hurdle for me, but I did it. And, um, hmm. I I really had no problems. I had a lot of people I'd worked with professionally that came up to me afterwards at holiday parties. Hey, I wish you'd come out earlier or you could no have one. come out to me. And so it was very gratifying. Oh, I I yeah. didn't get the kind of pushback that we're seeing, particularly, you know, now in the Mormon church and a lot of faiths I, mm-hmm. was, faiths. I was very lucky in that regard. But I, I know what that double life is like, and it's horrific.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I can see, especially, uh, I mean... This isn't a political statement. But you know, with the way that the 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 GOP tied itself to the, uh, you know, the, the religious right in this country, I can see how that could have been seen as a as a huge political detriment. Or, or you know, it, it could, it, it could be politically poisonous to come out as gay. Did you feel was that how you how it felt to you? Or?
3: Not so much as a Republican. I thought, actually, it's a little more newsworthy, a gay Republican, because there Mm. aren't that many of us. The the ones that were in the Republican Party, like a lot of reasonable people, have left the Republican Party as it's moved further and further Mm. to the right. It's not the party I started working for in 1964, Mm. Nelson Rockefeller, and then President Gerald Ford. I worked on his White House staff two years later Mm. in in 1976, or I mean 12 years later in 1976. So- It was somewhat a difficult thing, but I feel that I have a better voice staying in the Republican Party. If every LGBT person leaves and we don't have any contacts, anything covered, but if we stay in a little bit and fight, as tough as that is, and believe me, no one knows better than I, (laughs) that we will have a voice, that, that people Will be less inclined to come up with a legislation that uh, demonizes us, hmm. and and a good example of that is something I did back in 1978 when it was we had in California the Briggs Initiative, it was Proposition Six, and there's a great movie called Milk mm-hmm. by my friend Dustin Lance Black talking sure. about that, and what happened was and, and and everything bad that happened then and now against LGBT rights has really come from Republicans, not the Republican Party, but individuals a state senator john briggs the author of that initiative Um, and so what we did was to organize a group of republicans to oppose that and that initiative different than prop eight was to ban anyone who was gay or lesbian from being a teacher in the california public school system and ronald reagan between his two runs for president in 76 and 1980 this was 1978 through a group that i was involved with uh came out and opposed that initiative, which is, you know, nothing you would ever see from a Republican today, two right. years before he's getting to run for president. Yeah, You'd always sure. want to do as much gay bashing as you could. So I had great regard for him, but I put a whole Republican effort together to oppose that, did not want it to be a partisan issue, which is very important in any kind of uh, civil liberties, social movement like we have right now.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, there's no reason why it would have to be, uh, why that would have to be a politically uh, polarized issue, other than its connection to religion? Can you, or, or, or would you disagree with that?
3: Well, that's the brunt of it. That's the reason there's the hate, and that's the reason we're seeing all this legislation. But what's happened? The Republican Party has been hijacked by the far right, right. the alt right. They're called yeah. now. And they did it very methodically. They started, I, I go back to 1964 with Barry Goldwater, who wasn't all that conservative as it turned out. He was much more you know, internationally conservative against the Soviet Union and hmm. China at the time. But what happened was they got organized and they took over the county parties all over the country and they took over state parties all over the country. And by the time Reagan was running in 1980, they were pretty strong. And then they took over the National Party. And so You're seeing the terrible things that come out of the Republican National Party right now. Um, There are 168 members. People brand the Republican Party. There are 37 million Republicans around the country, approximately, which is falling, actually. But the National Committee, which does the platform, does the rules, Mm -hmm. puts up a lot of candidates, they're run by 168 men and women, three from every state and the territories, and then a national chair. And that's what the problem is. But if you're going to just completely disregard the Republican Party, the LGBT community is going to be left out in the cold. And right now, of course, we have President Trump ready to take office. We've got Republican House and Senate. Most of the governorships are run, are controlled by Republicans and most state legislatures now. Big change yeah. in the last 10 years. So we need to really have a seat at the table, and that's one of the reasons I'm sticking with it as tough as it is. <laughs> oh my cow, yeah.
0: Well, so uh, tell, can you tell us a little bit, Tell us about the Prop Eight fight and about uh, what you learned. Because where this intersects with uh, with our thing is that uh, suddenly the churches are starting to come into the battle, and uh, and you were one of the you were pretty key in exposing that fact. So tell us a little bit about about that.
3: Well, I did not grow up in the church. I've not been Mormon. Um, really knew very little about the faith. But I offered myself up in nineteen in 2008 to the Prop 8 campaign. We had lost, I think, about 27 state marriage elections. And I hadn't really been involved. A lot of them hadn't gotten that much attention even. I was had my career, and I supported a few financially. But when Prop 8 came out, we need to do things differently. There was a story in the San Diego Union-Tribune when I happened to be down there um, in the spring of 2008, and three of the biggest donors to qualify Prop 8 were from San Diego, and they were all in the newspaper article bragging about their one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar contribution or their two hundred ninety-three thousand dollar contribution, and one of uh, one of whom the one hundred twenty-five thousand dollar donors, a guy named Doug Manchester, who I knew. By name, in San Diego, we used to refer to him as the Donald Trump of San Diego. He's the biggest developer, the most obnoxious guy, names all the buildings after himself. Well, he owned the Manchester Grand Hyatt Hotel, the largest Hyatt west of the Mississippi, two beautiful towers in downtown San Diego. And I thought, why should he get a free ride on this? Why should my money or anybody who supports LGBT rights go to his hotel? So I organized the first boycott that's ever been done, and thanks to my good friends, I'm being sarcastic, at the National Organization for Marriage, who he had given the $125,000 to to pass through to the campaign, they had a fit, and they went to the um, L.A. Times, which did a big story about our boycott, and it was just me starting it. We had no real allies at that point. And then suddenly the New York Times the very next day did a story. We scheduled our, our boycott, big demonstration, during Gay Pride in July of 2008, and we had over... Um, 200 people there. We got tremendous amount of press. New York Times story, uh, and that went all summer. And then suddenly, I following the money, and all these names that I'd never heard of working in Republican politics in California started giving 50,000, 25,000 dentists. Um, Two guys from Arizona, this Craig um, Har- Craig Carden and Brock Hyatt, who might never have well, you know, Google was still fairly new about eight and a half years ago and started googling their names. Well they're bishop in the Mormon church. They'd given maximum oh, wow. max amount of money to Mitt Romney, and all of a sudden as money started pouring in up to about four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a day to pass prop eight, it was very clear that this was all Mormon money. You know, I'm going to cut you off because it occurs to me that we haven't actually explained what proposition
0: 8 was all about and people we have international listeners, people might not remember it. So yeah. pro- what was what was the proposition? What what was uh California trying to pass?
3: This would have been about the 30th state to pass a ban on gay marriage in Just, the, in, in our constitution. Right. It had been done in 2000, led by the Mormon Church, it turned out. But that was just uh, an initiative. It did not cement it in the Constitution. So eight years later, they came back to do that. We had just been allowed gay marriage a month earlier before the campaign Mm -hmm. started by our state Supreme Court, a unanimous vote. So it was on the books. They had cleverly realized it might go. It was in the courts. And if it did, that they had this ballot initiative referendum to repeal it that would be on the November eighth, two 2008 ballot. Right.
0: Okay, so getting back into into the fight, you found all of these names that were connected
3: with the Mormon Church. And I took the story to the reporter at the Wall Street Journal I thought might be interested. He was a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter, Mark Schoof. He didn't really know much about campaign reporting, but we took him down and met at a Starbucks, went through the whole process and our campaign reporting with our Secretary of State's office, and he, he disappeared for almost a month. And I was getting a little frustrated because the campaign clock was ticking. But in September, mid-September, the journal came out with this great, great story. And it exposed the church. It talked to Nadine Hansen, who is somebody I'd been working with anonymously. I had no idea who this was, but she revealed herself in the story. And, and the church, of course, um, ducked it. But it, it showed that they were involved. And that broke the story. And as I've been told by the Public Affairs Department point person, uh, Bill Evans, uh, since then, that the church, Mormon church describes itself as pre-Prop 8 and post-Prop 8 in public affairs, Mm. and because the world has changed dramatically for the church since then. Yeah,
0: (laughs) so, I mean, it does seem to, like, they, so the church itself ended up, pouring money from their own coffers in, into the, the Prop 8 campaign? Is that is that part of what happened?
3: Well, not it not in Prop 8, actually. They're okay. pretty cheap, as I've learned, <laughs> as I've done a lot of my research. Um, they got involved in, in 1995 in Hawaii in a 1998 hmm. election. And there they put in $500,000 of church funds, tithing oh, wow. money, into that campaign. And they got a little heat over it in Hawaii. It was pretty regionalized. So they kind of pulled away after another election in Alaska. I think they dumped four hundred grand in, and they went the cheaper route and they got their members to do it, so it was less traceable and This was going on in state after state after state, not just in California but all over, certainly um, in Utah, um, Idaho, yeah. uh, various states, California in two thousand, and so. It was a little harder to put the puzzle together, but I did. And then after the election, after they're successful and they ran a brilliant campaign and with a, an awful group of allies they had to work with, and hmm. they kept them all kind of in line, I looked at their final campaign report and it showed that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints had spent $2,078 on the campaign, period. Huh. Well, at that point, we knew they had 25,000 precinct walkers. For the last nine Saturdays of the campaign, they had phone banks from Idaho, from California, from all over, organized by the Church. They had websites. They had 26 slick commercials. They did all of this, and they hadn't reported it. So I spent 10 days holed up in my house. I worked with my compliance attorney who specializes in this, and we filed this precedent-setting complaint against the Mormon Church with our state ethics office. Hmm. And you have to wait about 10 days uh, and they investigate less than 5% of the complaints. Well, I was in Tupelo, Mississippi, doing a little research against the American Family Association when I got the call from the executive director saying we are going to investigate your complaint against the Mormon church. And wow. I found 13 separate charges on things I'd mentioned against them. And And, and what kind of charges were they? Well, that they hadn't reported uh, the phone banks. They had thousands of people bust in. They didn't report the, how much the buses were being oh, yeah. uh, were costing. They had phone banks uh, out of Meleluca's office in Idaho. Mr. Huh. Van der they hadn't reported those as an in-kind. There was just uh, charge after charge after charge, which they figured they wouldn't get caught on. They hadn't before, so and they poured it on. So,
0: I, I, I remember, I don't know, Frank, if you remember this, but I remember during that time... Hearing about people uh being asked or be you know, or, or, or being told that there was a volunteer opportunity for them to go to phone banks here in Utah. Oh,
1: I don't remember and, that and
0: or and call Californians to encourage them to vote. I remember there being a a huh. call out among Mormons to like from here to go and, and make phone calls. And I, I remember just being horrified, just I mean, I find I, I find the idea of trying to, you know, take away the rights of... And this was about taking away rights that had already been won. I mean, even holding back rights, but, but to, to, to remove rights from gay people was horrific enough. But to do it from a state that isn't involved seemed
3: bizarre to me. Well, the church is pretty good. They have a the 180-person public affairs office, which... I have great regard for their skills and abilities and, Mm -hmm. and of course, their unlimited budget, which helps, too. But they have very top people. They were very effective. Arizona, Amendment 102, same exact wording, was on the ballot in 2008 as well. And I'm told by two former Mormons that were the co-chairs of the No Campaign that all $6 million and all the expertise, all the activities were all run by the Mormon Church and the money came from Mormon donors. So they're very effective. They just hadn't gotten caught until... Prop eight in, in California, and boy,
0: so, and they did encourage their their parishioners to donate money. I mean, I I read about Mormons in California who couldn't afford it, who were who were donating their life savings, who were you know, getting rid of their kids'
3: college funds to 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 support this this proposition. It wasn't just all Alan Astians of the world giving a million dollars as he did to pass Prop eight. I think you're referring to this couple in Sacramento. And the guy worked for Intel. They did a big interview with him. He'd given $50,000. I figured, obviously, wow. an Intel executive who's worth millions of dollars. Well, when he was interviewed by KCRA-TV up there, he said, no, that they had one car, five kids, and that they'd cashed out their five kids' college accounts oh, in order to give that $50,000 to the, the campaign. Yeah, Just crazy. And told by the church. In the Wall Street Journal story, Mark Shufs got—and I I was amazed at that—he got this executive, the former CEO of Clorox Bleach, who's LDS, to talk about a conference call that he and about 40 other Mormons had been on, where they were told to give $25,000 each. And if you look at the date of the call, as documented in the journal— You could see those 20, I mean, the 40 names or 38 names of individuals, including him, that gave that $25,000. So they deny they strong arm, but they did. Wow. And they had a separate P.O. box he found out about for contributions with the church denied so they could check off to make sure if the contributions were received. Wow. Kind of like a tithing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I don't know how they handle tithing when they're...
0: Yeah. And believe me. (laughs) Uh, the Mormon Church knows how to bring some pressure to their yeah. <laughs> to to bear on yeah. their parishioners, absolutely, and their opponents. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, uh, so, so, what ended up happening with uh, with with the uh, with Prop Eight?
3: Well, so I'm very proud when they I got the call uh, that they were going to investigate, and I did a press release out of Tupelo from my Holiday Inn room there. Um, I'm inundated with a lot of media, and it was a you know huge black eye for the church. My my favorite of that was that Saturday, this was right around Thanksgiving, Wall Street, uh, New York Times editorial commending the Fair Political Practices Commission for taking up the investigation and commending Fred Carger by name for bringing it forth. And it was an 18-month investigation. The church was prosecuted. They were found guilty. They pled guilty on all 13 counts of election fraud and were fined. And it was um, not quite a slap on the hand, and they denied everything. They even had their Oakland spokesperson for the Oakland Temple on um, the channel abc affiliate in san francisco looking right in the camera saying the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints gave zero dollars to prop eight so that's when i learned that the church is not always forthright in in their political activities
0: yeah it seems impossible that they could be pleading guilty to 13 counts of election fraud and then looking into a camera and saying we didn't do anything wrong
3: well was the the Plead uh, their uh, their comment was before. I mean, it was af- so after I filed the complaint, of course they you know attacked me pretty right. regularly, and then denied any any uh, money expenditures. And then uh, when they did file an amended return, which caused penalties and fines for the campaign committee and themselves. On our late Friday at the end of January, when the final campaign report was due, they did amend it and they put a. They said they'd contribute about one hundred ninety thousand dollars in in-kind contributions. But just as an example, I've gotten all those records. We have a list of seventy-five Mormon Church employees listed in the. It's all you know, open uh, public documents from this investigation. These are church employees in Family Search and Public Affairs that worked on the Prop 8 campaign out of the headquarters in Salt Lake City. And Hmm. conveniently, all of them worked less than 10% of their time, which I don't buy, so they didn't have to report the percentage of their salaries. But they spent millions and millions of dollars to pass Prop 8. Wow. (laughs) Well,
0: Fred, it seems like a church that puts this much time and effort into political campaigning... Might be running afoul of rules of the IRS. Is that possible?
3: <laughs> I was told at the time when I started this, you know, eight years ago, look into their tax exempt status, complain, you know, file a complaint against. them. I, I'd say I'm a political guy. That's not my area. Um, but as the eight years have passed, and then when they came out with this policy banning same sex married couples from the church, their apostates and their kids if they have kids, are out of the church until they're 18, and then they have to choose between their families, their parents who raised them, and their church. And, of course, within a month, I think, there were 32 documented teenage Mormon suicides Mm -hmm. around the country by Wendy Williams Montgomery, who's got Mm -hmm. a gay son. Um, And then um, I saw her at a wedding here about two months ago, and she said it's up to 68. So when that policy was put into effect, and which was also leaked... Of course, days before they were ready to announce it, um, a big leaking problem at that church, um, I decided to, to step this up and to go after their tax-exempt status because mm-hmm. someone has to fight back for those teens and those people who are being hurt, who are you know, families who whose sons or daughters took their own lives. Mm-hmm. What about all those who have contemplated, who are depressed, who are having all this anxiety, who are attempted suicide and so they don't have a voice so we are launching mormontips.com we're gonna kick it off this week officially with our first commercial that's going to be running in logan in ogden in salt lake city st george and uh, provo asking the public's help, mostly Mormons and ex-Mormons, if they have information on the church's tax-exempt status, on any violations, either on their political, or I think we're going to really find a lot of information, is on their vast business holdings all over the world. Yeah. that Some of which they claim are, are tax-exempt, some of which, of course, as a church, you know, they might be like City Creek, but are they paying taxes? Some are for profit, but Do those, like Deseret Books and the media operations and the Polynesian Cultural Center, but do they pay taxes? So we're going to do two fronts. We're going to look at all these through a team of lawyers and researchers and investigators, some of whom we brought on. We're going to bring in, in the top tax-exempt attorneys in the in the country to help us. And we're going to put a, a, a word out through commercials and our website, mormontips.com, to take information from former church employees. As long as it's legally obtained, we will not mm-hmm. take anything. There's no hacking. There's none of that. But there's a lot of information out there. We've already seen a lot of leaks through the church on those videos that mm-hmm. came out yeah. last fall and mm-hmm. other documents. And I was a recipient of... Um, boxes full of documents about eight years ago, which detailed exactly all they did and all these state marriage campaigns to pass Mm. them, going back to Hawaii in 95 all the way through California in 2000, the Prop 22 campaign and beyond. So I know they're very active in all this, their limits uh, on their political activities with the IRS and certainly on their tax consequences as far as not declaring profits or paying taxes and uh, property taxes even. Hmm. And we're going to look at all that for about a year or two. And when we have our complaint done, and it's going to be massive, and I imagine hundreds of boxes of evidence, we're going to drive it up to Ogden to the IRS office there, and do it with great fanfare, and make sure that there's an investigation of the church by the IRS.
0: That's amazing! Wow, it's a it's it strikes me as a as a an uphill battle to go against a monolith like I mean outside of utah i don't think people understand sort of the scope of this church but it's i mean they have how how much how much do we estimate that their their holdings are do we do we have a guess on that
3: you know if you look at tithing which is estimated between 8 and 20 billion a year and on <laughs> top of that the fast sundays uh contributions to temples, um, people who leave their estates to the church. I mean, it's just billions and billions and billions of dollars were our estimates. Don't forget, this has been going on for 180 years. Yeah. And they're frugal and they have all lay ministers. So they don't have the expenses that the right. Protestants not, or the Catholics have. They're they not paying their bishops. Yeah. They're not paying. Yeah. So the bishops are paying them. Yeah. So uh, estimates I've heard and were put on our website, anywhere between $1 and $3 trillion. Their capitalization is higher, presumably, than the combination of ExxonMobil and Apple, which are the two (laughs) biggest corporations in America. And it's all run out of the headquarters and with Harvard, MBAs and lawyers. And, you know, we think that they're very savvy. And as membership slows, which we're starting to see because of their... Prop 8 and all their other activities and the internet and a variety of reasons, um, they're looking more to these investments. And I don't think they're paying taxes on them. I have no idea, but we're going to find out.
0: Interesting. Wow. So we're putting the call out. I mean, uh, Frank, you and I have quite a few ex-Mormon listeners. One or two. People who might know something. Uh, How, how, Fred, can these people uh,
3: get in touch with you? How can they get the information to you? (laughs) Well, on Tuesday our vastly new improved uh, slick website will be uh live. We it's it's up now but it's mormontips.com. <laughs> we have a tips line which is 801-381-8245. It's 801-381 8245. There you go. That's it. And yeah. uh just got our new number and then there's a, a guy uh, named Ryan McKnight who's gotten a lot of attention lately. He has sure. set up mormonwikileaks.com, which we're not affiliated with. But if anybody has information that they want to get out in the public eye, which then we can use in our complaint, go to mormonwikileaks.com. That- and it's encrypted, and it's safe, and your anonymity will be protected.
0: Fascinating. Oh. Yeah, that's amazing. That's uh, that's going to be—yeah, so— uh. <laughs> I hope that I, I hope that you'll come back and, and check in with us as, as things progress as your campaign goes on because I am fascinated by this whole thing. Is it? it I, 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 I personally wish you well. I think that this is <laughs> yeah. something that absolutely needs to happen. It's yeah. A, same here. It's a it's a danger. It's, it's a it's a. I, I want to say it's a dangerous religion. I mean, it, it's it's a religion that that I mean, whenever. A religion has this much money and has this much power. Well, and control
1: over the members. I mean, that's... Contr- because, I mean, they're coercing all these people into
0: donating money. And that's... It, I mean, th-
1: that level of control to get, like, the 25000 apiece, I mean, that's, like, crazy town.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, coercion versus versus uh, just persuasion is a... <laughs> it's a potato-potato. Yeah, but... Yeah, it's it's nuts. What this? I mean, and uh, Fred, you're not even you. You know, you're from out of state. You're probably not even aware of all of the political clout power that they have here in this state. But yeah, literally, oh yeah, there are several issues that if the church doesn't say act, our state legislature won't even bring them up. Yeah, the, you know, if yeah, if, if the church that. doesn't say we're open to. New thinking on this along these lines, you know, even if it's something stupid as liquor laws, they they know not they know better than to even bring it up because Uh, this is they are the political power in this state.
3: It's a theocracy Mm -hmm. and they have total control. And I've heard enough stories to see what and certainly read enough that when the legislature wants to do something. If Mm -hmm. the church hasn't signed off on it, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. And I, I would I would hope somebody out there in the legal community. And I've shopped this around a little bit. I mean, I always have said that the church has undue influence in Utah and in the states surrounding Mm -hmm. Utah, where they control city councils, Mm -hmm. county offices, um, the legislature, certainly every member of Congress who's LDS. And that undue influence could be put to a, a federal court challenge because, you know, that's not how this country is set up. And no. and they've set up Utah to do just that, to do their bidding as a theocracy. And I think that's wrong. And um, we're not going to be looking into that, but hopefully some legal organizations will.
0: Well, and hopefully uh, your campaign, however it ends up coming out, will at least apply enough pressure mm. that they'll think twice about it engaging in, you know, political campaigning uh against gays or, or uh you know ramping up the power of of religion, which we know that they're trying to do. We we saw that uh that video of Mike Levitt, former governor of the of Utah, talking about the campaign that he wants to do to to raise the power again, you know, the, the, the political clout of religion's in this country, I mean, they're they're trying <laughs> they to they break need more power, right? Yeah, that's, they're that's trying they're to break missing. down the wall between <laughs> church and state. It's a it's a it's a thing that they are actively working towards. So maybe hopefully, your campaign will uh,
3: will will make them think twice. Well, they're going to be under a lot of scrutiny, and they have to be going nuts right now because. It's a, it's a sieve at the headquarters. Yeah. I mean, we saw those videos, those yeah. 15 videos. And, of course, he talked about—they call it the, the First Amendment Defense Act. Well, it's the First Amendment Destruction Act. Yeah. It's giving the ability to discriminate not just against LGBT Americans, but a whole array of Americans by religion based on religious beliefs. And it also—and uh, they did this. This was in two thousand May of 2012 when he's presenting to the apostles. That was— Four and a half years ago, and they're talking about how far along they were then, well, their plan is to go state by state, their rifra laws, and then the federal law. And the federal law is all Mormon. It's authored by Senator Mike Lee in the Senate and Congressman Raul Labrador, who's also Mormon from neighboring Idaho. And when Paul Ryan wouldn't hear it last year because there was a certain veto by Obama, guess who heard it? Jason Chaffetz, his committee Government or whatever it's called, heard the bill. And so the church is behind all of that. We also saw what they're doing on their missionary program. And that's something we're going to look into, because when, when the Mormon church sends missionaries into Mexico or Brazil for two-year visas granted these missionaries, and we saw it in that uh, video by former United States Senator Gordon Smith, where he's yeah. bragging to the apostles how he was able to secure 200 visas for for the nation of India through the Indian ambassador to the United States and sent the church lobbyist that Ralph Hardy over to the guy's house to pick him up. Well, that's illegal under the the Foreign Corruption Act and possibly the Logan Act. So the church thinks it's real cute in doing that. How do they get all these visas? How do they get 5,000 visas for Mexico for missionaries there? I mean, that's a very corrupt government. Are they paying cash, which we don't know because there's no transparency in the church? Hmm. Are they paying off Mexican officials, Brazilian officials to get two-year visas for their missionaries? So we're going to be taking this out of the United States. We're going to be examining their political activities. their are lobbying. Um, this columnist Morgan Jones who attacked me in the Deseret News when we announced the making of our commercial last month. Turns out she was an intern in the Foreign Affairs Department out of Public Affairs in D.C., and her job, as she lists on her LinkedIn profile, was to set up diplomatic receptions for diplomats and members of Congress. So we know the church is, I don't know, whining and dining, but uh, <laughs> entertaining they're, they're- diplomats to get favors, and that is highly questionable under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Yeah, wow. interesting.
0: Well, wow. yeah, please please do keep us— uh, abreast of 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 how the campaign's going and uh i think you can count us as allies if you if 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 there's ever anything that that, uh we can tell our listeners in terms of ways that they can be helpful i'm sure that i'm sure they'd want to hear it
1: yeah of course yeah thanks so much fred
0: yeah fred thanks for uh dropping by we really appreciate it likewise thanks for having me been fun well that was great yeah fascinating yeah awesome nice little chat really
1: nice guy Um, so wish you well out there, Fred. Yeah. Best of luck with that. Yeah. If that, if that can actually happen, Dan,
0: holy crap. What? If the LDS church loses their tax exempt status. Oh my God. Let me tell you something. Suddenly and out of nowhere, Utah will be the best educated state in the world. Like, we'll have, (laughs) our schools will be palaces, our roads will be paved with gold, (laughs) for our state will not know what hit it in terms of tax revenue. Uh, Just a lump of cash. Just, earth-shaking amounts. Right, until suddenly, uh, and for reasons that we can't explain... The Utah State Tax Commission, uh, or the Utah State Tax Code, suddenly has a thing that says uh, we would never, ever tax those people, ever. <laughs> In which case, just the federal government will get a lot of money. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, uh, it's, yeah. an, it's an uphill battle. It'll be interesting to see how that turns I just, out. I just love the the,
1: I, if if nothing comes of it, other than they have had to be distracted they've had to put resources into this I think it's brilliant
0: yeah well and if they shut up a little bit about political things yeah that'd be great too scare them a little yeah, yeah. I think that's great well uh, that's our show kids we have, uh, if you guys have anything you want to write into us about if you want to talk to us about uh, Fred or and what he has to say or, or the taxation or lack of taxation of churches you feel free to write into us podcast at com.
1: Or you can leave us a voicemail message, uh, 424-666-8442 is the number to call and
0: leave us a message. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIatheist. And while you're there, search for the TGIA
1: Members Only Lounge if you'd like to join... A Nice little closed group
0: yeah gr- that it's uh, got a great conversation going every day. Super supportive uh, group of people there just loving on each other and, and and you know when when you're feeling blue about how the world is going, it's a great place to go and, 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 and chat with some folks. So do that. Uh, speaking of the members only lounge, I want to thank uh, Amy, Sarah and Danny for their for their hard work as moderators there.
1: And in general, on Facebook, uh, thanks to Mackenzie for all the the posts that she puts up and uh, all the work she does there with with uh, the other side of Facebook.
0: Indeed, thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music, and my cousin Gordon Johnson for uh, for his organ music in the uh, in the middle section there. And thank you, dear listener, for
1: uh, for com- coming back for tuning every, in every week. Uh, we sure do. Uh, we sure do appreciate you listening. We do indeed. Goodbye.